Welcome to Fearless Mom. We are so excited to kick off year five. Year five of Fearless Mom, the ministry where our theme verse is Proverbs 31, 25. She is clothed with strength and dignity, and we believe that means leggings and a t-shirt in the original language. Original language. She is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. She laughs. Sometimes, as moms, we have to laugh to keep from crying. Am I right? Sometimes she laughs not because she knows what the future holds, but because she knows who holds her future. Sometimes she laughs not because she knows everything and she's got it all figured out, but she serves and follows the God who does. And that is why she laughs. And that is why we gather together to laugh at ourselves and to laugh with each other because we serve a big God and he has called us to a great calling, this calling of motherhood. We want to start by welcoming in our online moms. If you are watching or listening online, we are so glad that you are joining us. Right, moms? Are we glad? You may be watching or listening with a group um, in a home or in a church. You may be watching or listening locked in your closet um, or, you know, locked in the bathroom. But however you're joining us, we are glad that you're joining us. And even if you are listening or watching by yourself, we want to remind you that you are not alone. There's a group in Austin cheering you on. Right, moms? We love our online moms and we love to stay connected through our social media and our website, fearlessmom.com. But we are P-U-M-P pumped to get this semester started. Our curriculum is so exciting. And so I want to start by telling you a little bit about myself. For those of y'all who don't know me, I'm Julie Richard, and I'm married to Mac. Mac and I have been married for 27 years. I grew up in southern Mississippi. Um, for those of you not from the deep south, you think, well, that's a little redundant, isn't it? Actually, no, it's not. Um, there is a big difference between North Mississippi and Southern Mississippi, and I am from Southern Mississippi, and if you watch HGTV, the town on hometown, I don't know if any of you watch that, that's actually my hometown. Basically, we're all famous now, and, and so I am from Laurel, Mississippi. I'm, I went to Baylor, um, married a Texan who married a Longhorn, actually, and the rest is history. Been married 27 years, and we have two children. Emily just turned 24. She um, graduated from the College of Charleston in South Carolina, and um, she is now in graduate school in Austin and working at the church. And Joseph just started his senior year at Clemson University. We have a picture from a Clemson game. Um, I think it was a couple of years ago. There we are. I love Clemson. And um, I always cheer for whoever's in the top five, you know. Um, so it makes it super fun that Joe's been um, at Clemson for the last few years. But um, we have Emily and Joseph, as I said, and I think God has a sense of humor, and he gave us two completely opposite children. And so we will touch on and talk about them a lot as we go through. They are both incredibly great troopers, and they um, allow me to tell stories. I do typically run them by them. Sometimes I forget, but they um, know it's all for the greater good, and they um, sacrifice their embarrassment um, to help you guys. So uh, I um, 
We love having Emily. We are big believers in the empty nest. We love the empty nest. But I have to say, Emily being back in Austin has been super fun for us. She has her own condo, very independent. Um, but we do see her every so often. And Mac will always say, we're so glad you came for a visit. <laughs> so glad that, that you came to um, dine with us tonight. But we are excited about the semester. And I feel like we should pray to get started. So if you'll bow your heads with me, I'd appreciate it. God, we thank you so much for this day. Thank you for this ministry. Thank you, God, for technology that allows us to reach out and reach so many moms. We ask right now, God, that you settle our hearts, settle our minds, mine in particular. Help us focus and help us focus on you and what you have for us. God, we know that you have called us to this great task and we seek your guidance in how to do it best. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Now, um, those of you who know me well know that I um, have a big fear of public speaking. Yes, the irony, isn't it? But I do. I do not enjoy public speaking. I am nervous. I am a wreck every single time. I do not enjoy it. But I do love helping moms discover who God created them to be. I do love helping them navigate the roads of motherhood to discover that I can actually enjoy this sometimes. This can actually be fun. Yes, it's overwhelming, but I can enjoy it. And so I teach not because I do it perfectly. I, I have made many mistakes. Emily and Joseph would actually love to share with you all of my parenting mistakes, whether it was the multiple that's right, multiple times I told Joe to, complete, to quit whining and complaining, and he actually had a broken bone. Or, yeah, multiple. I did that multiple times. Yeah, you'd think after the first, but no. Or was it the time that I was sobbing because I did not know how to handle a situation, and I cried and looked my four-year-old daughter in the eyes and said, why are you doing this to me? Yeah. <laughs> I really believed initially that my real ministry was, hey, mom, whatever you've done, I promise I've done worse. Yeah, I locked my kid in the car. Me too. Six weeks old. Mm -hmm. Yeah, at a gas station on the highway. That's right. Whatever you've done, I can assure you that I have done worse. But really, I teach because I believe, not because I've done it perfectly, but I believe passionately that his way is the best way, that if you will choose to submit your life to his laws and your ways to his word, your life will work better, period. It's just the way it works. And now, does Scripture tell us, you know, how much screen time to allow our fifth grader? Actually, no. I've scoured it, and so far I've yet to find that. But you know what the good news is? that The Bible does give us some guidance, some principles, some promises that will give us the wisdom and discernment we need to make those decisions. That's what motherhood is. We make decisions all day, every day. And the Bible does guide us in that way. Now, you may be listening, you may be watching, you may be in this room, and you're thinking, well, that's awesome for you, but I don't believe that the Bible is God's Word. I want to clear the air now. I do. I believe that the Bible was given to us by God to help us navigate life. I believe that the Bible is miraculous, that it was divinely given to us, and that if we will submit our lives to it, it will work better. But I'm going to challenge you if you don't believe that. If you're listening or watching and you don't believe that, don't turn off right now. Just check it out as another parenting tool. Check it out as a parenting book and just give it a try. 
Give it a try. Do the investigating. Do the homework and just see. But I do believe that, and that's what we base our parenting on. Now, it's not just scriptural parenting. It's actually, I love to look and study trends and patterns in the culture. And I love to evaluate those, to read about those, and then to see if there are any patterns we can identify, and then look at research and look at studies and go, okay, what does that tell us about what we can do better? For instance, if it's a negative trend, is there anything that we can do right now to help help our kids avoid those negative trends. And then I take all of that information and I filter it through Scripture and we talk about very practical stuff. We talk about things like how to teach our kids self-control. Why is it important and how do we teach it? We talk about things like, you know, how to resolve conflict and how to understand ourselves, how we handle conflict and how to empower our kids to resolve conflict. We talk about everything from conflict to, oh, gee, while we're talking about conflict, maybe in-laws, and how to build a healthy, strong relationship with those people in your family, and how to enjoy the holidays. We cover just about everything in here. We believe in practical teaching. Our prayer is that you leave every time after you listen, after you watch, after you've been here, and there is something that you can do today to make you feel like, okay, Okay, I can do this. I can do this one more day. That's our prayer. Very practical, very hands-on, and it's based on research, on study, and then again filtered through Scripture. But we don't just believe in practical teaching. Our real mission is to remove shame and isolation. Our real mission is to reach out to you and say, Hey, Mom, feeling overwhelmed, feeling under-equipped, Raise your hand, feel overwhelmed and under-equipped, or you have at some point. If your hand is not up, you're a big, fat liar. Okay, so every mom I know at some point, at many points, in some seasons, has felt overwhelmed and under-equipped. And we are here to tell you, you are not alone. Reassure your neighbor. Turn to her right now and say you are not alone. Oh, you know what? Let's tell our online audience like we mean it. Tell them, girls, you are not alone. You are not alone. We want to remove the shame and isolation that often comes with motherhood because it's amazing how powerful our minds are, how we can so quickly convince ourselves every other mom knows what's going on. Every other mom at preschool has it all figured out. Every other mother at the park showered today. You know what? Dry shampoo. Maybe they didn't, okay? Every other mom got it together to work out today. You know what? I got some news for you. A lot of people walking around in workout clothes had no, no, they didn't work out. They didn't work out. Maybe they, their clothes were still on the floor from the day before. No judgment here, okay? And not to say that I've done that before, but we don't know. And our minds are so powerful that we can convince ourselves that we're the only one. The only one that doesn't know what's going on. The only one who doesn't have it figured out. And I'm here to tell you, you're not alone. And so we want to remove that shame and isolation. As a matter of fact, if you go to the website, um, fearlessmom.com. Everybody say it with me. Fearlessmom.com. Okay, you know what? Time out. A lot of people say fearless moms. Okay, it's fearless mom. Because it doesn't make any sense to say fearlessmoms.coms. And we like for things to rhyme around here. And so it is fearless one mom. Let's say it together. Ready? Fearless 
Shop.com. Thank you so much. Okay, that's neither here nor there. But um, I've already distracted myself. Golly, guys, I, I thought y'all prayed for focus with me. Apparently, somebody out there is not praying hard enough. So I'm going to go over our four values really quickly. You'll find them on our website. And feel free to write these down if you want to. Our first one is to eliminate shame. We eliminate shame. See, if, if you can be convinced that you're the only one, if you can be convinced to keep your failure a secret, your mistake a secret, your insecurity a secret, then the enemy's done his job. Because secrets are like shame, and shame is like mold. It grows in the dark. And so we speak it into the light. Hey, I don't know what I'm doing. And we say, join the group. We don't know what we're doing either. You know, this is the safe place to say, my marriage is not what I want it to be. This is a safe place to say, to be honest, I don't like motherhood right now. It's okay. No judgment. No judgment. We are a judgment-free, shame-free, guilt-free zone. Guilt will make you keep it a secret, and you will stay there. To eliminate shame, we have to speak it into the light. Eliminate shame. It's a huge part of what we do. The second one is embrace responsibility. We've been given this task of motherhood. I embrace as mom my responsibility. We don't come together. We don't listen and watch and go, wow, you know what? If my husband would do this, our kids would be a-okay. I'm going to listen today so I can get some tips for him. You know, I'm going to take notes today so that I can help. No, this is what we're doing. We're embracing our responsibility. What can I do to be the mom that God created me to be so that I can raise up my kids to be who God created them to be? We embrace responsibility, and we focus on what we can change, what we can control. Because if you've got babies, you may want to write this down. Um, You can't control your children. Yeah, you may want to write that down. And so I've tried. I have tried. And so what I do is I control what I can. I do my job. I embrace responsibility. So we eliminate shame. We embrace responsibility. Third, we equip with tools. No matter the age or stage you're in, our prayer is that you leave with something you can do today. Something you can do to make you feel like, okay, I can do this. I, I, can, I can go another day. I can, I'm actually enjoying this. This is something that I can implement today. It doesn't matter the stage that you're in. Our prayer is that we equip you with tools. And number four is empower by example. We eliminate shame. We embrace responsibility. We equip with tools. And we empower by example. We have many moms here in the Austin group who are empty nesters or who are just maybe a step down the road from where you are. And we come together and we break into small groups here. And some of you do that at your churches as well. And we are here to say that we are not perfect. Remember, we don't do it perfectly. There's not a mom who does. And again, if you ever meet a mom who says, come have lunch with me um, because I've got this motherhood thing all figured out, don't be her friend. Okay, because she's either a big fat liar, she doesn't know what's really going on, okay? Because nobody has it all figured out. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody, was that, was that Molly, uh, Miley Cyrus? Sorry, Hannah Montana. Um, so everybody makes mistakes. Everybody. Your mistakes are only wasted if you keep them to yourselves or if you do not learn from them. We all make mistakes. The number of times that I yelled at my children, the bus is here at the top of my lungs. And now I say, God, please, 
don't let my neighbors have heard any of that right now. The one, yes, God, the ones I just invited to church on Sunday. Yes, thank you. If you could just, or I would make these huge mistakes and I would pray. Literally, I prayed this prayer. Don't laugh at me. God, you have parted the Red Sea. Please erase that from her memory. <laughs> Legit, I would pray that prayer. And, and it rhymed, and so I pray, you know, anything that rhymes, I'm going to say a lot more. And so I'd say, God, you are so big, you parted the Red Sea. Please erase that from his memory. That's right. It's awesome. It's awesome. We all make mistakes. The only mistakes that are wasted if you don't learn from them or if you don't share them with others. We speak it into the light. Um, the good news is that God does not call us to perfection. God does not call us to perfection. He does, though, call us to participation. You have to stay in the game. Perfection is not the goal. Participation is the goal. I will not quit. I will stay in the game no matter what. I will do this. I can do this. The number of times I said that into my mirror, I can do this. She's only five. You know, I can do this. He's 10. I can handle it. I can do it. It's not perfection. It's participation. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all. Everybody say all. all. That was about 30% of you. Everybody say all. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on, on your own understanding. Seek his will in all, everybody say all, in all. all you do, and he will show you which path to take. He will show you which path to take. You see, we trust him. We trust that he's called us to it, and we trust that he's got a plan bigger than what we can see. And so we will go into it with gritted teeth. And we will enjoy it. That's what I used to think all the time. Like, oh, we will have fun. You know, that's right. That is a great way to start a fun event. But, oh, oh you will enjoy this. You pull it together. You know, you, you quit that tantrum. I got a fun day plan, girl. You know, I, I did. I mean, I'm like, that boy, that was fun, wasn't it, for everybody. And I would think, oh, my gosh, the therapy she's going to need. And then I'm like, actually, she's having a little tantrum there. I don't think she's going to remember it. The therapy Joe's going to need. And I'm like, while we're in it, maybe we can just sign some therapist up for a family deal, you know. We do our best, and we trust God with the rest. Our theme this year is Masterpiece masterpiece from Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things that he has planned for us long ago. We can do this good thing called motherhood for we are God's masterpiece. Turn to your neighbor, throw your hair back and say, you, my friend, are a masterpiece. You are a masterpiece. All year we will talk about how God has created each of us uniquely. We all have our own gifts and talents, likes and dislikes, strengths and weaknesses. And we celebrate those with different capacities. Amen? Amen. Feed me here. Amen? Amen? You see, we know we're content with our own capacity when we can celebrate that mom with more capacity. I can't help but look at Sherry Morrow, who has 18 children, you know, and, and she showered today. I'm like, I celebrate her. I celebrate her capacity. Rock on, girl. That's what we say. I don't have that capacity. Let me tell you about my capacity. Number one, I'm only two children. And not only two, they're ample. I mean, I'm like, my cup is overflowing. I have two children. God's 
knew my limited capacity. When he gave me my children two years apart on the same birthday, he's like, that girl, boy, brain space, yeah, uh-huh. She can remember one date and Christmas. That's it. That's all I got. He, he knew my capacity, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I celebrate the gifts I do have. I do not have the gift of, like, being on top of things. It's just not my thing, okay? But good news, my best friend, Ashley Horn, some of y'all met her earlier, she does have that gift. So you know what? Fill in the gaps with the best friends. It's wonderful. But here's the deal. No matter your view of your capacity now or your view of your talents or your view of your gifts, you're exactly the mom that your child needs. You're the mom that your child needs. I had a mom one time say her, her child was about two. And she looked at me, and she was dead serious. She said, I'm not the right mom for him. I, he needed another mom. And I stopped. I said, whoa, whoa. You are exactly the mom that your child needs. You just got to figure out how to navigate it. You got to figure out you are exactly the child that your mom needs. Whether you got that child by marriage, whether you got that child by, you know, uh, birth, uh, adoption, however you ended up in charge of that kid, it's your responsibility, and we embrace the responsibility, and we do the best we can. And remember, that mom who looks like she's got it all figured out, she probably doesn't. That ought to make you feel a little better. But, you know, God has called you to this. And in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, there were multiple times when God pulled somebody out and literally changed his or her name. Changed his or her name. If you look early in Scripture in Genesis, he pulled out Abram, and he changed his name to Abraham. Now, Abram was married to Sarah, and she was Sarai. I guess that's how you say that. I don't really have any friends named Sarai, but anyway. So it was Abram and Sarai, and he pulled them out, and he changed their name to Abraham and Sarah. They had no children. They were older in age, and God said, no, no. I will change your name to Abraham, which means father of many. I will change your name to Sarah, which means mother of many. You see, when God changes a name, it is not because of what they have done. It's because of what he is going to do. It's because of what he is going to do through them. If you continue reading, he took Jacob out. Now, Jacob, if you read about, and I am sorry for those of you, sometimes I feel bad saying what Jacob's name really meant. You know, he was a deceiver. He was a liar. A lot of people name their kid Jacob. I love that name, but um, they're like, oh, it's biblical. I'm like, it means deceiver, P.S. But anyway, that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. My nephew's Jacob, and he is adorable, and he is not a deceiver. Good news. Okay, but anyway, so, so his name was Jacob, and, and he had deceived his family. He had deceived his brother. He was, a, he was really not a good guy, actually, and God pulled him out. He says, not about what you've done. It's about what I'm going to do. You know what his name was changed to? Israel. I believe you've heard of it. Israel. You see, that's what God wants to do for you. And then in the New Testament, he pulled out Peter. Peter, who was known, his, actually his name was Simon. He was known for having a temper. He was known to fly off the handle. And God said, mm -mm, watch what I can do. His name was Simon. He changed it to Peter, meaning rock. He said, this is the rock. He's the guy on which I will build my church. You see, God wants to do that for you. He says, I've called you to something great. It's not about what you have done. It's about what I want to do, what I want to do in you and through you. And I get real excited, so I'm walking around a little bit more in case you're wondering. Because if you don't know me, you don't know that I was a painfully insecure, shy child. And then even when I married Mac, I was painfully insecure. And I thought, I will never teach adults. I will only teach children. 
They do not care about me or my baggage. They think I sound like Whitney Houston when I sing. I'm like, you know, I, I know what women do to each other. I was so insecure. And God said, it's not about what you've done. It's about what I am going to do. And every time I stepped into what God was calling me to do, and when I say step, I did more like this. <laughs> yeah, I was very hesitant, very reticent. But he says, it's not about you. It's about what I'm going to do through you. It's about the, the grace I can give you. It's about the strength I can give you. It's about the power I can give you. Yes, Julie, I know your limited capacity, but I'm going to fill in the gaps where you fall short. That's what he wants to do for you. So today, he's changing your name. Whatever you came here today thinking, whatever you started listening, whatever you thought, today my name is overwhelmed. Today my name is I want to quit. Today my name is afraid. My name is insecure. My name is failure. He's got a new name for you. You got a name tag. Those of you in our live audience, you got a name tag right when you came in. It was on top of your book. It tells you your new name. His name for you today is Fearless Mom. Fearless Mom. He wants to give you what you need to do this job. He wants you to enjoy it. He wants you to rely on Him, not on you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, not in your own abilities. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And you may be thinking, but remember, I'm the wrong mom. No, you're not. You're the right mom. You're exactly the mom, and you are a fearless mom. So put this, this name tag somewhere where you will be reminded often, on a mirror in your car, wherever you spend a lot of time, in front of your toilet, you know. I mean, whatever you need to do to be reminded, you are a fearless mom. So in your notes, you've got a space where you can write your name, and then God is changing your name today to fearless mom. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are a fearless mom. Now, turn to your other neighbor and say, I am a fearless mom too. I am a fearless mom too. What exactly is a fearless mom? Does that mean you are literally without fear? No. If you are without fear, you're really not assessing the situation very accurately. <laughs> Because when I tackle the, um, you know, the overwhelming task of motherhood, I think, oh, heavens to Betsy, and I throw up in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> so, you know what? That's appropriate. Totally okay. Swallow and say, oh, yes, I can. Oh, yes, I can. I can be the fearless mom God has called me to be. I can do this. It is a mom who never quits who never quits. Tomorrow is a new day. The next season is a new season. Listen, the number of times that Emily, and you will see because I will tell many stories about her. She is my strong will blessing. And um, the number of tantrums we had in public, like literally it was always right after I'd invited somebody to church. But um, it, it, the number of tantrums, and I would think, I don't know what I'm doing. I have no idea what I am doing, but I never quit. I never quit. I tried something else the next day. Or I just kept doing what I thought, well, I'm not going to quit. You're not going to get rid of me that easy. You know, I'm just going to keep at it. The number of times I looked at Joe and I'm thinking, is he ever going to speak? Is that, Joe did not say a word, not a word, until he was three. Pediatrician totally thought I was lying. I went to his checkup. Yeah, how many words? I said, none. No, literally, how many words? I go, zero. Like, I can't count to zero. <laughs> and uh, how many words? I go, zero. He says no words, but it went with the rest of him, so I wasn't really, you know, worried about it. He's super laid back. He just wasn't a talker, and Emily spoke for all of us, you know, and, and so 
But he did. He talked. He, he, he's doing just fine. But there were times when I worried. I don't know what I'm doing. But I never quit. That's what a fearless mom is. She's not without fear. She just won't quit when she's afraid. That's what being a fearless mom means. You just dig deep. You dig deep. And some days you have to dig even deeper. And you need to get you that Snickers if you want it. And you, you know, get you a large fry. Whatever it takes. A large order of fries, really? Oh, dear. The number of times. I have to say, in Emily's challenging years, I probably gained about 20 pounds, but it was worth it. You know? I mean, I, I, this is what I'm doing. I'm saving it. This is my philosophy. So that when she has her baby, we can lose it together. <laughs> you know, I thought, why lose it now when we can do that together and have a shared experience? I, I thought that was, you know, just one way of looking at it. But being a fearless mom is not a mom who is totally without fear. It is a mom who digs deep. It's a mom who scrapes up just enough courage to go another day. It's a mom who looks that toddler in the eye, hypothetically speaking, in front of H-E-B and says, Oh, yes, we are going to the store today. And you will pull it together. One time, literally, I must have made some excruciatingly frightening face because we were going into, um, it was Randall's over there on Wall Street. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is one of those moments when I said, You part of the Red Sea, erase that from her memory. Um, but anyway, so we're going in, and I'm totally out of diapers. Let's say Emily was probably three, Joe was one, and I'm totally out of diapers. And so I'm like, I have to go to the store, you know. It was before Instacart. Hello, God's favorite invention. But it was before Amazon, before any of that. You literally had to get in the car and go to the store every time you needed something. So, and if you did order something online, whatever that was, there wasn't any online. But if you ordered something from a catalog, it took like three weeks. Yeah, no lie. That's a real thing. So is a rotary phone. But... So, I'm standing in front of Randall's, and I, I'm, I walk in, and boy, she starts the tantrum. You've been there. You got an SWB? That's right. She starts flailing. You know, I don't want to go in. I don't want to go in. And I whip around, and I said, you will go in. I am out of diapers. Get it together. Yeah. I mean, oh, my gosh. The therapy that is going to require unbelievable. But you know, you've been there. And I found just enough courage to pull it together one more day. One more trip to the grocery store. One more bedtime. Oh, bedtime. Oh, bedtime. <laughs> bedtime. If you have an SWB or if you have a kid who just really rather be with everybody else, <laughs> you know, that's so off bedtime. Um, you know, when we first moved here, we had, um, we lived in a duplex that was in Emily's room, was literally adjoining to the other people's bedroom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Emily has the gift of volume. Not only does she have a strong will, she has the gift of volume. And I cannot imagine the number of times they probably wanted to call CPS because she did not want to go to bed. This is what I'm trying to tell you guys. It is not because if you follow these things your child will never have a tantrum, or your child won't make a bad decision. You know, we're all looking, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And then we cling to Proverbs 22, 6, you know, where it says, um, I believe that's the one that says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. And we cling to it because we, we don't want our kids to make a bad decision, and, and we don't want our kids to mess up. Well, here's the deal. Your kids will make their own decisions. What do we do? We embrace our responsibility. 
I'm going to do the best I can to approach this job fearlessly, to be the fearless mom God created me to be, and then I will respond to their decisions appropriately. Each and every time, over and over and over again. It's a wonderful calling. It's an overwhelming calling. There are seasons that you will love, and there are seasons that you will be racing to get out of, and that's okay. There are times when you look at your child and you're like, I love her, and there are other times when you're like, I'm, I'm not sure he's mine, <laughs> and that's okay. There's no shame in our parenting game. You're a fearless mom who won't quit. You will not toss in the towel today. Oh, no, I will not give up. I will never quit. We've got some verses. Here's the deal. I want to assure you, I'm, I'm making sure I'm filling in all the blanks in the notes because I get excited and distract myself. God has called you to be a fearless mom. When he calls you to it, which P.S., if you're wondering, has God called me to motherhood? Well, you've got a kid. Yeah, he has. If you have a kid, he's called you to motherhood. If he calls you to it, he equips you for it. We've included a few verses that may be your, we call them cling-tos. Your cling-to verse, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid for I'm with you. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. Whatever you need to hide in your heart, I've hidden God's word in my heart. Whatever scripture you need to empower yourself to go at it one more day, that's what we hope we give to you. It is going to be a great semester. You are going to meet other moms. You are going to learn about yourself and learn how you uh, work as well as how your kids work. It's going to be a great semester. I don't know each one of you, but I do know this. You, my friend, are a fearless, fearless mom. Bow your heads with me. God, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for the calling of motherhood. I thank you, God, that you have a sense of humor, that you use all of our mistakes, that you use our strengths, even our weaknesses, that you have put each child in each home on purpose, with purpose, for a purpose, Help us, God, as we seek your plan for our families. We are completely dependent on your provision. In Jesus' name. And everybody said...